Hello. What's going on? What's up? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? All right. Yeah, it's one no technical issues to this whole thing. Eh, we hope not. All right. Well, what's going on? You know, just enjoying the great city of St. Louis um, the best that I can, which means drinking and eating weird food. So that's about it. Define weird food. Um, so I ordered a, a lasagna tonight thinking that it would be like a normal, like one slice lasagna. No, it's a two pound thing of cheese melted over cheese, melted over pasta. And it was utterly disgusting. Really? So, so it's not weird, I guess. It's just, I, they overdo it. And so I ordered pizza yesterday from this place and I thought it would be good. And it was just extra cheese on top of extra cheese on top of extra cheese. And that's their version of St. Louis pizza. So I don't know. It's been a very interesting food-wise time over here. I'm not going to lie. I'm not seeing a problem with any of that. The more cheese, the better. <laughs> it's just, it's sitting like a brick right now inside my stomach. So it's just making for a very bad night. Uh, I'm going over picks right now. Um, calculating the scores for us. I think we're, are we tied? I have no idea. I'm on week two. Okay. So I think we're we're tied on the one on Facebook that we're doing, but on here I think we have a couple of different picks. I think oh, I think you went in a couple of different directions. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so figured I'd do that. I have not finished a couple of my picks for this week because I'm just not sure in a couple of them. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I haven't submitted mine. I think I have mine all filled out, but I'm not fully confident. Uh, and I'm only, a f- both of us, I mean, we're tied, so we're only a few games behind first place. So it kind of counts. Like I want to make the, make up that, uh, that room. Yeah. It's just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm like a coin flip on, I think what I got one, one or two games. I'm just like a coin flip on, but I don't know. It's going to be an interesting week. Well, we don't have any listeners yet, but anyway, because I will be posting yeah, just... this on to, uh, Apple. I just wanted to say this is talking about balls. I am Justin George, joined as always by Kyle Price. And this is going to be our stereo episode because Kyle's out of town. Uh, Just easier this way to do it. Record a quick one tonight. We won't make it our usual hour and a half to two hour episodes we've been doing as great as those are. Uh, This one will be a little bit of a quickie. And we'll go from there. So really quickly, um, while I keep counting up some scores here, let's just get on into it. And we will do what we always do to start off the show. We will recap week three of the NFL. Uh, give me some surprises, some things that stood out to you, Kyle. Um, and then we'll, of course, we'll recap the Browns game a little more in depth. Well, I mean, let's just, I mean, getting into it. I mean, I think I texted you halfway through the games on Sunday and I said, this is just a very weird week. Like a lot of scores, a lot of games, a lot of just what took place. I mean, the fact that, Baltimore had to hit a 66 yard field goal to win. I mean, Detroit almost pulled that off. It was just mind blowing. Detroit to me. Lions are still looking for win number one. They'll head to but it, it was just, hold on a second here. What's going on? Oops. Um, but it was just weird to me just watching some of the games that were very close. I mean, we, the Kansas City lost. I mean, I mean, I guess it's one of those things where they played a really good team, so it's not a surprise, but it is a surprise that I guess Kansas City loses. You know, it's just one of those things you don't expect to happen. Um, so, I mean, just overall, this, the, it, it definitely goes to what you've said before, that it's only week three. 
Uh, you really can't. You don't know what teams are yet, and teams don't know what they are yet. So um, it's it's interesting. I'm hoping that things get back to somewhat normal this week um, when it goes into week four here. Yeah, for me, especially with with good teams that are not playing well, um, I think what happens is we kind of get into this feeling that every week, if you're a good team, every year I should say, you're just automatically good. And I also think that that's proven not always the case. Because even just go back to last year, you go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay started off pretty slow. They were right. 500, I think, at the at their bye week. They The second half of the season, they really came into their own. And then they go on to win the Super Bowl. Meanwhile, you start the season off with great teams like San Francisco – or not San Francisco, I'm sorry, like Kansas City, like uh, even Green Bay last year was one of the better teams in the league. And then you get to the playoffs. Obviously, injuries happen. Some issues happen. Those teams lose. And the teams that start off the hottest don't always end up winning the World C- or the Super Bowl. And it, it goes for almost any sport because we'll get into baseball as well. But look at right now, the hottest team in baseball is the St. Louis Cardinals. And they're peaking at the exact right time. They're about to head into a wild card game, uh, potentially. I don't know if that's locked in yet. I'd have to look it up uh, against the Dodgers. And the Dodgers are one of the best teams in baseball. They have over 102 wins. And they're going up against the hottest team in baseball and I mean, that's a scary thing. I think they, I think, especially. I think they locked it up last night because that, that was a talk of the town tonight. Walking around, is that they locked up a, a wild card spot and they're going for nineteen tonight. Uh, nineteen in yeah. a row, they're going for. They locked up a wild card spot uh, for sure, and their opponents either going to be the the Giants or the Dodgers. Oh, I see. Not, yeah, yeah, I'm not positive on the standings there. Again, I'll, I'll have to look it up in a second. I'm going over some scores here, um, but we'll get into baseball. But it just goes to show you that early in the season, like Kyle said some surprises happen and Kansas city losing was definitely a surprise. Um, the Ravens nearly losing to the lions. That was a huge surprise. I mean, they literally needed a, the referees to miss uh, a delay of game penalty that would have set them back five yards. Then they needed Justin Tucker to hit an uh, NFL record 66 yard field goal, all time longest field goal in NFL history. And they needed all that luck just to beat the lowly Lions, who are now 0-3. So for me, you look at a team like the Ravens, who a lot of people probably have as one of their Super Bowl favorites, because for whatever reason, every year people get hooked by Lamar Jackson. And to me, he is what he is. He's in year four. He's done the same stuff every year. He's looked great. He's been dynamic as a runner. As a passer, he's been okay. It's clearly been his biggest issue. Then you come to the playoffs where teams game plan a little bit uh, stricter and they take away his running ability. And next thing you know, the Ravens aren't winning playoff games. So, you know, it's early, but again, they're two and one. They needed a fumble from Kansas city and then a missed penalty and a record field goal or else the Ravens could very well be zero three right now. Right. You know, in regards to, 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 I was going to say, I was going to ask this question anyways, but, out of the um the three and teams, who is your biggest surprise? That's three and right now. Um. So I can give you the teams if you want. I don't know if you know them top of your head. But I can give no, you the I've, teams that are three and I've got them here. I'm just trying to think of who my biggest surprise is and why, because there actually aren't many uh, this year. But one of the teams that is three and Well, I guess we could just give them all. So we have Carolina. We have the. Arizona Cardinals, we have the Denver Broncos, and the uh, Vegas Raiders, and the Los Angeles Rams. So those are, are 3-0 and teams. Right. The Rams, I'm kind of 
then that one makes sense. They're a great team. They got an even better quarterback. So them being three and zero makes sense. Um, the Raiders being three and zero, I would say, is a huge surprise. However, I look at their opponents. Week one, they played Baltimore, which is a pretty even matchup in my opinion for those two teams. Uh, two above average teams, I'll, I'll say. So to that, that was kind of anybody's game. Baltimore, of course, has a ton of injuries. They have a shitty offensive line. So them losing wasn't the biggest surprise. Then you go to week two for the Raiders. They take on a very, very bad, as has been proven for three straight weeks, a very bad Pittsburgh Steelers team. So they get that win relatively easily. But in, in Pittsburgh, so that's an impressive win. And then they go to Miami where they have to face Jacoby Brissett. And I expected a blowout, but I'll, I'll tell you what, Jacoby Brissett showed a lot of heart. And the Dolphins ended up losing in overtime. But what a fucking game that was. So the Raiders that are a was a surprisingly good game. Yeah, that was a good game. At the end yeah, they're there. probably my surprise pick for three and zero teams, only because of the opponents that they've played. They've played better opponents, and obviously the Rams have the toughest schedule for three and zero. But uh, the Rams being three and zero isn't surprising. Whereas the Raiders being three and zero with their first three week schedule is shocking. And then you look at again Denver, and you look at Carolina, who are also undefeated. They really haven't faced anybody tough. And the Cardinals were a missed field goal away from losing to the Vikings week two. Uh, week one, they beat up on a very bad Tennessee team who didn't look like they you know, belonged that week. And then last week, they, they struggled against the shitty Jaguars. So the Cardinals being 3-0 and seems like they kind of lucked into it. Uh, the Raiders being 3-0 and is my surprise one. And then Carolina... And Denver being 3-0, and I think, is just a product of their schedule because they've had a very, very easy schedule. Right. No, it makes sense. I would agree with you. I think the Raiders are the biggest surprise to me. I, I think out of the, the 3-0 teams, I think the um, Broncos and the um, the um, Carolina Panthers are the two teams that I don't think are going to finish very well the rest of the season because they do come up against some pretty decent opponents here soon. And I think that's going to really show, I think, they might finish okay, but, I mean, them being 3-0 is not going to last the rest of the year. I mean, they're not going to do very well, I think, going forward. But um, the Broncos have surprised me anyways. I mean, the, their gameplay. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, he's not a, the franchise quarterback, but he's doing pretty well for what's being asked of him right now in, in Denver, which is a surprise to me. No, he's looked good. I mean, they, they, they've, they have to overcome a lot of shit in Denver because they are without Jerry Judy for a few weeks, who's arguably their number one wide receiver. You have Cortland Sutton, who's really good. Um but he's coming off an injury, so I wouldn't say he's their number one. I think that's pretty safe to say Jerry Judy is. And, yeah, he's been IR on IR for a couple of weeks. He got hurt week one. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is a damn good quarterback. I was mm-hmm. very interested in him for the Browns um, in, what was it, 2014 or whatever, the Johnny Manziel year. That was the year Teddy Bridgewater came out. And I was really, really interested in a Khalil Mack or Mike Evans first pick. And then with our second first-round pick, I wanted Teddy Bridgewater. That was my dream draft. We, of course, came away with Justin Gilbert, Johnny Manziel, who I probably could have lasted in the NFL longer than them, and they actually have football <laughs> skills. Um, literally, all you had to We're do was show Justin up. Gilbert was Justin Gilbert was an amazing pick. <laughs> I mean, I will say we got a draft pick out of him from the Steelers of all teams. So, to me, that's a win. <laughs> did, did we spend a top 10 draft pick on him? Yes. Did the Steelers trade away? I don't even remember. It was probably a seventh-round pick to get him from us to just never use him and then release him, and then he'll never see the NFL again. I can live with that. I'm okay with that. We got some return on our investment. That's all that matters. Right. 
Whereas, unfortunately, Johnny Manziel, we got nothing. I don't, what is what's but he like, up to now? Anyways, is he still doing um um the Canadian league, or is he in some kind of like third tier, third world football league somewhere? Uh, last I saw, he was doing that like online internet e league, whatever. Where like you, I don't even know how to describe it. It was it was like arena football, but the teams were even smaller. You had some pro athletes and some rich people investing in the teams or they were the team owners, quote unquote. And you could watch it online. I don't even remember what the fuck it was called. Oh, um, he's a, okay. So he's an American is an American, American gridiron football quarterback for the FCF zappers of a fan controlled football team. That's it. Fan controlled. What the fuck is that? So that was like <laughs> last year or something. They had that. He's got an infamous, um, uh, excuse me, video that went viral of him. I, I, I can't remember if he fumbled and like half-assed it or he threw a pick and literally just like walked away, didn't even bother trying to t- tackle the guy, but people were like calling him out for his hustle and shit like that. But it's like, dude, it's fan-controlled football. He's Johnny Menzel. He doesn't give a fuck. Like he didn't care in the NFL, the highest level. You really think he's going to care in fan-controlled football? Get the fuck out of here. What's wrong with these people? I'm more I'm more interested in what fan controlled football is. Like I don't understand. You I forgot exactly what it was. I, I, I went on the website a couple of times just to kind of check it out. You picked I don't even remember what it was. They like really asked the fans questions and you kinda of got to pick some ideas and like they would come up with new rules and they would ask the fans to vote and that's how they would come up with the new rules strictly by the fans. Uh I, I also think one of the things was like the fans they would give you like ten plays and the fans voted on plays. And that was the plays they had to run or something like that. Like it was, it was fucking weird, but they really tried to make the fans feel like they were almost playing a video game, but with, with humans. Interesting. That's really interesting. Oh, okay. I'm on the website now. I see it. Yeah. You can um, pick a play. They played in like, I guess Madden or um, Tecmo Bowl back in the day where you pick a basic play and they have to run it. Interesting. All right. Yeah. So that was, that was it. I mean, I'll give it credit. Like if you look at some of the owners, it was Marshawn Lynch. Um, I forgot the one guy's name. He's a relief pitcher for the Mets. Like they actually had some pro athletes investing. I think Richard Sherman was an investor, if I'm not mistaken. Um, maybe some UFC people and shit. Like they got some big, some bigger names involved with it. It just never really took off because I I went on the website a couple of times to try to like vote for shit. And like the website always crashed. I had issues. Like as soon as you sign up, they they had you pick your favorite team and that was it. You couldn't go back and change it. And I didn't know a who was on what team. So I just fucking clicked one and I didn't like it. And I'm like, this is fucking horseshit. I can only now pick shit for this team. Like it was one of the dumbest things I'd ever seen. Like they really needed to work on their interface and their website and shit like that. Oh, wow. Austin Eckler is a part owner of one of the teams, the wild aces. Um, uh, Trevor May is a, I think Trevor May, that's uh, Alvin Cook are an owner of another one. Yeah. Trevor May, he's the, uh, the relief pitcher that I couldn't think of his name. All right, then. All right, we now get off topic. I apologize, but that's really interesting to me. <laughs> no, you're fine. So uh, back to week three. What kind of surprises did you see? Um, for me, the Bengals beating the shit out of the Steelers. But, of course, the Steelers were without T.J. Watt. And one of the best defensive players in football not being on the field obviously puts you at a huge disadvantage when you're already a lackluster team. On offense, the Steelers still struggled. They did, however, get Najee Harris way more involved. He had a lot of catches. He had way more touches and rushing yards uh, than, than previous weeks. So that's good for the Steelers. However, 
it didn't mean anything. They lost twenty four to ten, and the game was never close. You um, you watch that surprisingly two infa- and one. Did you watch that infamous video or whatever of Ben throwing it to that three man coverage and getting picked off? <laughs> I saw that, and there's another famous video from that game where Ben is just rolling out. There's literally no one around him, and he just falls. He tries to throw the ball and just like trips <laughs> over nothing. He just looks like an old did, man that has no business I, being out there. I love it. I did. He, I did see that because someone put it to the music of like a clown music video. Like he's yeah. like a circus. It was he's like falling over. <laughs> Poor Ben. I feel bad now. Like, I mean, I think do the Steelers say, I mean, that's a good legit question. Are the Steelers going to bench a future hall of famer just because he doesn't have it anymore and bring in, I don't know, two of their backups and see what they can give them out of them. Or are they going to stick with Ben the rest of the year? Um, I, I, to me, I kind of think that they have to, um, you got to stick with him. You brought him back. I think everybody in the world knew that it was way too much or, or I'm sorry. He was way, way past his prime. Um, so I think you kind of have to respect him in that sense. If you brought him back, this is it. Go all in this year with him. And the way I look at it too, is as much as I hate the Steelers, but looking at this from a sensible standpoint, you're not winning the Super Bowl with this team, regardless, regardless of who your quarterback is. It could be Ben. It could be Joshua Dobbs. It could be, uh, Dwayne Haskins. I think they cut Dobbs, maybe Mason Rudolph, whatever the fuck. I don't even know who their backups are. Um, but they have a lot of shitty backup quarterbacks. So you're not going to win games with him. The only thing I could, I could think of, and only it's a pure desperation move, which wouldn't really make sense because it's not their MO. And, uh, I mean, it would help give them a nice young core would be Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Yeah, because there was a report earlier. Nothing has come to fruition or, or been explained yet. But uh, Jay Glazer tweeted out or made a report today that just said, "Keep a close eye on the Deshaun Watson situation." So that immediately got me thinking of teams that could really use Deshaun Watson this year. Uh, and as we go over a couple really quick, the, the couple that come to mind, the number one team that's been linked to him has been the Miami Dolphins. Now the Miami Dolphins have Tua. He's injured. He's not that good even when he's healthy. But at the same time, the Dolphins don't look like they're that good of a team. I mean, again, I know Jacoby Brissett damn near beat the Raiders with them on Sunday. But again, it's the Raiders, and I'm not too sold on them yet. But maybe they look at it as a desperate situation, and they say, you know what? Without Tua, we're with Tua. We weren't playing great. Without Tua, we lost. Maybe we need somebody else time to pull the trigger. Now, the other team that I think of that kind of scares me is the Steelers. They're a team that's 1-2. and two realistically should be 0-3. Um, their biggest issue is their quarterback. Their offensive line's a piece of shit, don't get me wrong. However, you set yourself up for the future with a guy like Deshaun Watson. You have Juju, who you could potentially keep. You have a young Chase Claypool. You have Deontay Johnson. You just drafted Pat Freyermeyer or Freyermuth, whatever the fuck his last name is, out of Penn State. You just drafted Najee Harris. You have TJ Watt on the back end, or on the defensive side. You have uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. You have a young, very, very young uh, team. And bringing in a young quarterback like Deshaun Watson set puts you right back into the thick of things as a team that's going to, you know, a dynasty, essentially. That, that You could be a playoff team and a Super Bowl contender for many years to come. So that to me I mean, is what's the what's the asking unfair. price on Watson, though? What's the, what's the asking price on Watson? Multiple first-round picks, though, right? Yeah, which is why it doesn't make sense for the Steelers. However, the Steelers – don't really draft that well as of late 
they've they've kind of struggled a lot of their picks because they are a playoff team mostly. So most of their picks come in the mid to late 20s. And what have they really done with it as of late? Um, you know, you got Najee Harris last year who um, didn't make sense. He's a good player, but didn't make sense for the Steelers. Then you go to two years ago, they got rid of a couple first-round picks because they traded for Minka Fitzpatrick, which, again, is not like them. They're not known to trade first-round picks. But that kind of makes me think that when they, they struck gold with Minka Fitzpatrick, maybe they say, fuck it. Let's get rid of some first-round picks for a quarterback. If we were willing to do it for a safety, why not do it for a quarterback? Right. And I've said it all along for any team. If you have a team with, with a good amount of talent, that's what I – you know, my defense of the Browns. If the Browns were to have traded for Deshaun Watson in the offseason, my defense of that was, what do you have to lose? Best-case scenario, you're a playoff team. You're picking in the late 20s, so that first-round pick's not worth a ton. And your best-case scenario – is you win the Super Bowl, so who gives a fuck who you take at 32? You just won the Super Bowl. So that's kind of how I would think the Steelers would look at this, is like, we're going all in because we're trading a first-round pick. It's not for a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who might only be here for a year or two. We're doing it for a guy like Deshaun Watson, who's, I think, 28, 27, still relatively young, especially for the quarterback position, and basically has just had a year off of football, so he's fresh. Uh, I think if the Steelers do that, look out. The the AFC North easily just became the most – talented dangerous division in football but uh obviously there's no no news yet jay glazer just said be on the lookout but that would be my only thoughts for replacing ben roethlisberger if you get to sean watson yes if not stick with what you have it's funny i saw something come out on twitter like i just a couple of accounts like that i follow like i saw tweets that that said all it said was sean watson's getting traded but i saw nothing of like solid thing that said anything else about it so that, that makes sense if jay glazer just treated tweeted you know watch watch Deshaun Watson then everyone's just jumping on board of course so I was I thought it was just all fake news but hey I guess there's something no to it. he just said he just said keep a close eye on the Deshaun Watson situation um again I don't know if that means a trade is, is looming maybe that means the NFL is going to suspend him maybe the that means the the Texans are going to say fuck it we want you to start because Davis Mills is obviously garbage um so it, literally it could mean anything so who knows what's going to come out of this but just definitely something to think about if you're a Browns fan and, and if you see him get traded to Pittsburgh, how, you know, how would you feel about that? I think it would be, of course, I mean, I would be pissed. I'd be like, of course, Pittsburgh falls ass backwards of this and has a chance to get to John Watson, but you know, whatever it is what it is. I still think the Browns would beat him, but just my opinion. Yeah. I mean, to me, it just goes to show you that Pittsburgh definitely has a type when it comes to quarterbacks. Um, assuming this Deshaun Watson stuff is all true. Um, so I guess it just shows you that's how their that's how their dynasty is going to be built, and it's it's built. Have you in, inappropriately touched a female recently? Perfect. You're a great starting quarterback if, for the Steelers. If a woman says no, the Steelers say yes. That's how that goes. Oh my God, that's but, a great uh, shirt idea. We should run with that. If they get to Sean Watson, I might have to I might have to trademark it. You heard it here first, folks. If a woman says um, no, the Steelers say yes. T- hashtag talking about balls. <laughs> I like it. Uh, another really good game. The Rams uh, beat up pretty nicely on the Buccaneers, beating them by 10. Um, NFC Championship games, oh, preview? Possibly. Very possible. The uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in, in, in early news, earlier news today, um, they signed Richard Sherman. So Richard Sherman will be joining the Bucs. He did say that he, he's going to need a week or so to, to get acquainted. Um, 
to me, it's one of those, like, what does he really have left? He couldn't stay healthy and wasn't really as effective in San Francisco uh, over his last, I think, two years. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. I'm not expecting much out of him. I don't think he really does a whole lot for their defense. I don't know what he's got left. I guess we'll see. He got in that altercation what? with the police and b- bullshit over the summer. Uh, so he claims he's a new man. It woke him up, blah, blah, blah. So we'll see what happens. Well, the Bucks lost their cornerback, right? That kid's injured? Yeah, Sean Murphy bunting. He broke his elbow or whatever in uh, week one. Week one, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I guess, again, hurt. You know, we all, like you said before, that Sherman stays on one side of the field. You know, maybe he does enough to scare somebody from throwing the football that way. Who knows? I guess we'll see. I mean, that was in Seattle. We'll see what he does. He might actually play man-to-man here in uh, Tampa Bay. But when he was in Seattle, that's what worked for the Legion of Boom. He was their left corner, and he defended that side of the field. He wouldn't go after the number one receiver. He would defend his side of the field always. And it worked. I mean, it got him a Super Bowl, so more power to him. But uh, we'll see what happens in Tampa Bay. Like I said, the number one thing for a corner is you got to have that speed. And the older you get, the less speed you have. So playing corner at, at, at his age, it's not easy. Some guys have been able to do it. Look at a guy like Al Harris, Charles Woodson, guys like that, who as they got older – they were able to, well, change positions a little bit because, uh, as you know, Charles Woodson was a corner, went to safety as he got older, uh, and it worked out beautifully. He had a great run in Green Bay. So that makes me wonder, is Richard Sherman signing with the Buccaneers to play safety or to play corner? It, it'll be interesting to see what Bruce Arians does with him down there. But something mm-hmm. to keep an eye on. They, they desperately need the help, as you saw on Sunday with the Rams taking it to him and Cooper Cup continuing to be, continuing to be arguably the best uh, wide receiver in football right now. That's Stafford's favorite go-to person right now. And it was Jared Goff's too. I mean, it just seems like he's a quarterback's uh, security blanket. When in doubt, throw it to Cup. Uh, next up, to keep the train rolling with undefeated teams, we had the Broncos <clears throat> beaten up on the Jets. Zach Wilson has looked terrible uh, in his first three years or weeks in the NFL. Some of the other rookie quarterbacks you see, they make mistakes. Don't get me wrong. None of them have been really that great. Um, but the one thing, though, is that like they show poise. They show something. Like You look at Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is getting his ass kicked in Jacksonville. Jacksonville, on paper, has one of the worst rosters in football. They just traded away more talent by getting rid of C.J. Henderson the other night. Um, so Jacksonville's got a really bad team. Trevor Lawrence is out there trying. He's making mistakes. He's throwing interceptions. But he is trying his ass off, and it's it's resulting in some points and moving the football, putting up some numbers. Nothing crazy. But then you look at the Jets. Shut out. Um, last week he threw four interceptions. This week, I, I don't remember. I don't even know how many he threw, if any. He might not have even thrown any. I, I just assumed that he did because that seems to be the new thing. Yo, he threw two. So, I mean, to get shut out, you throw two <laughs> interceptions. You're 0-3. I think on the season, Zach Wilson has – seven interceptions already I think um but he's just not looking good even Justin Fields we'll get to his his start with the Browns but just a quick spoiler alert number one thing no turnovers for Fields so that's impressive that's something that rookie quarterbacks tend to make the biggest mistake is they they turn the ball over and he didn't do it I mean look at Mac Jones Mac Jones and the the uh, Patriots got get their asses kicked by the Saints because Mac Jones turned it over so if a rookie quarterback can protect the ball you have a chance, but what Zach Wilson is doing right now is nobody has a chance in New York. 
did they did they miss? Was it a big miss with Zach? Or is he going to get together, or is this guy just a bust and there's no hope for this guy? To me, I think he's a bust. I said it all along, and I think my friends just thought I was busting their balls, which I was to an extent, but I did mean it when I said, like, this kid went to BYU, and at BYU, they weren't even that good. They were an okay team. His numbers weren't that impressive. He had one decent year. Decent. Not even anything to write home about. He wasn't even a Heisman candidate, nothing. And you take this guy number two overall. When you have a guy like Justin Fields staring you in the face, you have even a – I know he's a small school guy, but at least he, he was productive in Trey Lance – you could have taken – you passed on all those guys to take Zach Wilson, a Brigham Young quarterback who hasn't wasn't that productive in college, small school, lost to Coastal Carolina of all teams, and you're going to take him <laughs> number two overall to turn over a team in New York, one of the toughest cities to play in just overall in terms of the media and the pressure on you, and it's looking like that pressure is too much. And, yeah, it does look like a bust of a pick. It's early. I mean, it's week three, but – to me, this is kind of what I expected out of him, a guy that's he struggled against decent teams in college. Because, I mean, Coastal Carolina, don't get me wrong, we laugh at the name because it is Coastal Carolina, but they're a good team. They're ranked. Um, they had a really good defense. They still do. So Zach Wilson struggling against them, to me, just shows that against NFL defenses, he's really going to struggle. And that's been the case. So I, I, I look right on that one so far. It's early, but I look right on that one. But, uh, I think the problem with him is yeah. like you're watching, you watch him in the game film back, and you just watch him. He's he's staring receivers down. I mean, I mean, defenses just have to sit back and watch where his eyes go, and wherever his eyes go, that's where they're going because he doesn't check anybody off. He doesn't look anybody off plays. I mean, and that's he's giving away everything he does. I mean, it's just easy to see him on just on TV alone by watching a game. Yeah, and and one thing that I take away from him, and and I think Jets fans and Jets media are to blame, is because I have friends that are Jets fans, a lot of what they would do is every little thing he did in practice, if it was on video or somebody tweeted about it, they were posting it all over. Oh, my God, that was amazing. Uh, is it too early to pick Zach for rookie of the year? Like, I'm not kidding. That's how fucking crazy they were about him because he's throwing passes to Corey Davis or Elijah uh, Moore in practice. And their defense is garbage. The Jets defense is garbage. Their D-line is OK. Other than that, it is trash. So having a guy open in practice isn't that impressive to me when you're doing it against the Jets. So they were going nuts with every little thing he did. Check this out. I showed you some of the, the videos they sent me where they would send me a video of him beating the backups in Green Bay or the backups <laughs> in whatever team they were playing in the preseason. And I'm like, dude, those guys aren't even going to be in the NFL. It's going to be so much different when the game's actually happening. And lo and behold, they're 0-3. He looks like garbage again. I think he has seven interceptions on the year. In week he does. Three. I checked it out. Okay. I was trying to remember if he had two or one in the first week because I know he had four week two and then he just had two. Um, yep. Seven interceptions <laughs> at 51.3 quarterback rating. Yeah. I mean, he looks terrible. Uh, Robert Sala is a defensive coach and their defense isn't doing anything. I mean, again, they lost. I think it was 28 to nothing to the Broncos or to the Jets or Broncos. So you have a defensive coach, your team's getting blown out, you're getting shut out. The quarterback looks like he has no idea what he's doing. Um, just not a good look in, in New York. Robert Sala could be one of those, uh, maybe a one-year kind of guy. I doubt it because the Jets are stubborn and they're going to say, no, 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 we need one more offseason, blah, blah, blah. But they weren't, they're just not able to draft any talent. No. And that's why so many my options. friends say. 
they love Joe Douglas, the GM. But I say, why? What has he done for your team? And they really can't point to anything great. They throw out some names where you go, that's, that's shit. Like he traded away uh, Jamal Adams last offseason. Jamal Adams got them two first-round picks in a couple seconds or something, if I'm not mistaken. What did they use those picks on? They traded up to draft a guard, Alejandro Vera Tucker. Now, the funny thing about trading up for that is it doesn't sound like that big of a deal, right? You trade it up. But when experts who break down the drafts and what each picks are worth, like points-wise, there's a system. The Jets traded enough for a franchise quarterback trade in terms of points to get a guard. And everyone's like, who the fuck would trade up for a guard? And that just goes to show you the ineptitude in New York. And then they draft, uh, they drafted a, ru- a running back, Michael Carter. He hasn't done much yet. They drafted Elijah Moore in the second round. And again, my Jets fans, friends, were telling me, this kid's going to win him uh, offensive rookie of the year. He looks like a stud. He's going to be the best wide receiver in the league in a few years. And he's barely getting any playing time. He can't even find the field on a bad team. So just goes to show you that like the fans and media hype up these guys. Cause it wasn't just my friends. It was literally the New York media too saying, you know, he's going to be the best receiver, blah, blah, blah. And these guys are all sucking. So to me, it's hilarious. I'm loving it. But, uh, you know, definitely a little surprising. I, I, I figured Zach Wilson would struggle, but I didn't think he would look this bad. And then with that, let's get on into the last game. Not last, because we didn't break them all down, but let's get into the main game of the week here. As a Cleveland-based show, obviously, the Browns are the team we talk about. And as I was stating, Justin Fields, he, Matt Nagy did him no favors. I've said it all along. Matt Nagy's the worst coach in football. needs to be fired yesterday. <clears throat> but he did no favors for Justin Fields. Justin Fields could barely get the ball off. I think I, I, they were talking about it the other day. They were breaking it down on the radio. He was hit more times than – or, like, more than half the times he dropped back. He was hit. Not sacked, but he was at least hit. Like, the guy took a beating. The Bears looked terrible. They couldn't get a running game going. Credit to the Browns' defense. Browns' defense looked great. Uh, Miles Garrett, four and a half sacks, set an NFL – or set the Browns' record. He now leads the NFL in sacks. Overall, they look good. But again, kudos to Justin Fields. He took a beating. He, he never missed a play. He didn't turn it over, which a lot of rookie quarterbacks, again, when you're taking that kind of beating, you maybe start to get a little, little uh, you hear some footsteps. So you throw the ball a little quicker than you'd like to, thus causing mistakes, possibly fumbling, et cetera. Kudos to Fields. Yeah, I mean, I guess kudos to Fields. It was I felt bad. I really did. I felt bad for the kid. Um, I mean, he just maybe I don't want to say Joe Woods drew up this amazing defense, but I mean, they just did what they had to do against them. You know, a lot of rushes, a lot of maybe a lot of blitzes. I mean, Miles just chewed up that 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 tackle on the, on the Bears all day. I mean, he was getting to the rookie more than more than a guy should be getting past the lineman. It was insane. Um, but I mean, it was, it was a hell of a day to watch, but I just think it gave us false hope as Cleveland fans. We're like, Oh yeah, our defense is back. I don't think that's the case. I am still concerned about our defense. Um, but I, it was great to watch it for one day. At least. I mean, it's nice to see 47 total yards against 418 total yards. I mean, that's insane. That's a hell of a defense right there, but I just think it's false hope, but still glad we got the win though. I'll take the win. Yeah. I mean, just for me watching it as an outsider, to see, like, I, again, what Matt Nagy did or I guess you could say didn't do to help out Justin Fields. And, yeah, Miles Garrett, they played him all over the line. He played tackle. He played defensive end, et cetera. 
he lined up over Jason Peters a lot. Jason Peters is in like his 15th year in the NFL. He should have retired a few years ago, but he's still trying to hold on. Uh, uh, Miles Garrett just took advantage of that. Now a good coach puts an extra tight end over there to chip at Miles Garrett, the double team, puts a running back over there. Matt Nagy didn't do that. He let Miles Garrett be one-on-one most of the day, and that's what you get out of Miles Garrett when you leave him one-on-one. So, again, it just shows you Matt Nagy is almost trying to make Justin Fields fail because he won't he won't just commit to him. He's still, again, saying Andy Dalton has a chance to play this week, which once Justin Fields gets a start, that's it. Andy Dalton should never see the field again. That's just how football works uh, when you draft a rookie quarterback, especially in the first round. And it, it just shows the just ineptitude again. I, I don't want to keep using that word, but that's, that's, the that's, that's the conspiracy theory you hear right now. Right. Is like, you know, did he do it on purpose? Did he not put that tight end over there on purpose? Did he not put the extra running back over there on purpose? Just so he could be right when he goes back to Andy Dalton or be like, hey, I told you guys, he wasn't ready for this game. You know, he needs another, he needs to sit behind his quarterback for a year. You know, I, I hate to say that's true, but I mean, Jesus, I mean, he kind of made it obvious almost. I mean, yeah. Cause there's only a couple ways to look at it. You look at it as, is Matt Nagy really just that bad of a coach that, that he didn't see that and everybody else in the fucking world did? Or was he doing it on purpose to prove some kind of point? But what's going to make him look bad is if, let's say, Andy Dalton plays this weekend or next weekend, whatever, if he then has tight ends over there and running backs blocking the best, you know, doing extra protection schemes for the quarterback that he wasn't doing with Justin Fields, to me, it's just a plain-as-day slap in the face of the organization that you are – a, sabotaging games, and B, sabotaging your rookie quarterback. So that's right there. Unless he is desperately trying to get fired, which I wouldn't doubt, because most coaches sign five-year contracts. I think Matt Nagy's in his third uh, under that contract. So if he gets canned, he can sit at home for the next two and a half years, collect a paycheck by doing nothing, or he can then move on and he can go be a head coach at college because he'll never get another NFL head coaching job probably. But he can go get a head coaching job maybe at the college level or get back on a staff as an assistant coach in the NFL. Maybe that's what he's suited for. Maybe that's what he, in the back of his mind, he's desperately hoping happens. He's trying to get fired so he can move on with his life. And he's doing a great job. Let's talk about my... No favors. Let's let's talk about my boy for a minute there. J.O.K., man. Did he not look good to you? He was everywhere that game. I, I mean... I thought he looked great. I thought it was like, I'm glad that he's getting comfortable. It was a good team to play against, I think. I mean, again, the Bears aren't great, but I think it was a good team to get his feet wet, you know, to get him more snaps, to get him out there, to get him comfortable, make plays, and just kind of get into the rhythm. I really hope that when people can become healthy and they come back, that they continue to use him or utilize his abilities in his defense. Yeah, he looked uh, looked J-OK to me. Um, (laughs) Just okay. Okay. (laughs) My thing is – I'm wondering if, again, this again goes to the, the team we played. Like you said, he looked good, so I'm not knocking it. He was he was pro football-focused rookie of the week, um, so I'm not knocking anything by any stretch. However, again, it was Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy didn't do anybody any favors, so to me it looks good. It's good that he got that uh, – the playing time, he got the snaps. He did everything. Very well. But to me, again, is it something that if, if, if a team really took them seriously and schemed properly, does JOK have that type of production? And I'm not sure. He looked good. But again, take it for what it's worth. I'd love to see it again this week. 
I'm not sure if Dalvin Cook's going to be playing, but we are playing a much better, much more high-powered offense. Minnesota, I think, is a top-five offense in the NFL right now. Uh, Kirk Cousins has looked really good. Dalvin Cook's been hurt, but the first two weeks, he obviously still looked decent. And, uh, you know, it definitely going to – this is a true test this weekend. I think last weekend was a good warm-up. Yeah, I think our cornerbacks and our secondary is going to be tested pretty well this weekend. I know Dalvin Cook, obviously, a great running back, but, I mean – Cousins is going to throw the ball, you know, so it's I'm going to be really interested to see how our secondary does this week against him. Yeah, especially because I don't know if you saw the news. Greg Newsom is officially out. I, I saw, uh, did he get hurt at the game or was that, was that like practice or something? Or I didn't, yeah, I didn't end, see him go out game, for the game. A, yeah, he had a calf injury at the end of the game against the Bears. Uh, so he oh. left the game and they said he's currently the, Stefanski said he's not going on IR and he is being labeled as day to day. Uh, but they already said he's officially out. Greedy Williams will get the start at corner spot number two. And Greedy's a guy that can't stay healthy. So this is where it gets kind of scary because you're going up against a very high-powered offense. You have two of the best receivers in the league in Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen as wide receivers one and two for Minnesota. And we went from having Denzel Ward, who's admittedly not having his best year, and then you had Greg Newsom, who's looked very promising at the other corner, who's now not playing. And you're going – you're hoping Greedy Williams can step up. Greedy Williams is, of course, second-round pick from three years ago. Nothing but injury history. Had a decent rookie year, but just has struggled to stay healthy. Missed all of last season. Uh, so you're asking a lot out of a guy who's barely seen the field. And hopefully some of these signings in the offseason, the uh, jo- uh, John Jefferson, uh, obviously not a Hell. signing, a trade last year, but Ronnie Harrison, Grant Delpit, these guys, you're hoping that they're going to step up and that they're going to do their job because this is when we need them. We need the secondary to step up. Obviously, you hope Clowney and Garrett are going to do what they did on Sunday and, and McDowell and everybody on the defensive line, but only time will tell. But like I said, this is a much better test. This is a much better offense. We're on the road. We don't have the hometown crowd cheering us on. I'm sure there will be plenty of Browns fans in Minnesota, but obviously nothing like the hometown uh, home field advantage. So we'll see what happens. I'm pretty excited for this week's game, but uh, not a whole lot to break down from the Bears game. I think we talked about it. The only thing that I took away was the Bears had an answer for Nick Chubb. They weren't letting Nick Chubb do much. Kevin Stefanski saw that. Kevin Stefanski put in Kareem Hunt for a little change of pace, and they had no answer for Kareem Hunt. So I really like our one-two punch of Hunt and Chubb. I mean, who doesn't as a Browns fan? But uh, seeing Stefanski use them so well, seeing him figure out that this guy's got the hot hand, he stuck with Hunt for most of the first half, even most of the second half, because they they. Couldn't I thought stop he, I thought he was hurt. I thought I missed something. I texted you. I think I'm like, did I? Did, is he out? Like I, I look up, come back from like the bathroom, and he's he wasn't in for like a good twenty twenty five minutes. I'm like, what the hell did I miss? Yeah, he uh, he just couldn't get going. I mean, the the Bears defense is no joke. I, I was saying that during last week, their defense is pretty good, and you have. Nick Chubb, one of the best running backs in the league, going up against a very hard-nosed, old-school-style defense there in Chicago, and Nick Chubb couldn't get going. So like he I still said, had the, he still had eighty-four rushing yards for not getting going, but I mean that was over twenty-two attempts, which is that's a lot. I mean Hunt had ten and, for eighty-one, yeah, so he wasn't crazy. really breaking any runs until the second half. Um, yeah, but Kareem Hunt again, they had no answer for a couple plays in the in the first quarter, especially that that had me a little worried. Uh, Baker was a little off. He had Demetric Felton wide open running down the sideline. Oh, side my line. God. Missed I was so him. pissed. 
He had uh, Harrison Bryant with a pretty good route, and he threw a pretty – you know what? I can't even really knock him for that ball. It was, a, it was a decently thrown ball. It was just a really, really – just a better play by the defense. Um, I forgot the name of the, the corner or the safety, whoever broke it up, but a player on Chicago, he, he made up a ton of ground to get in between that ball and knock it out of bounds. So uh, not the greatest of days for Baker. Definitely hurt his completion percentage. Um, but overall, I mean, you just I, to me – Kareem Hunt was offensive MVP, at least. Obviously, you want to give overall team MVP. You'll probably give that to Miles Garrett. I think it's safe to say, but it's a toss-up between him and Kareem Hunt. Those, those, they were MVP one and two on Sunday for the Browns, and without either of them, we don't win that game. Right. Agree. Agree. Again, not the prettiest of wins, but I'll take the win. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the score makes it look a lot further away than it really was. It was a little... A little too close for comfort, in my opinion. And that's two weeks in a row now that we've kind of struggled against these lesser opponents and at home to boot. So Browns need to figure some shit out because it's it's not getting any any uh, later. You know what I mean? Well, I guess it is getting. Yeah, later. we're only we're we're only we're only two point favorites going in the game this weekend too. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly I'm torn on this game. I mean, we'll get into it when we get into a picks later and we break down what the Browns have to do to win. But uh, Minnesota's no joke. Their defense isn't the best, but it, it can get some pressure. And, of course, the Browns' offensive line is not exactly healthy. So, excuse me, they can, make, they can get some pressure. Their secondary is led by uh, veteran Harrison Smith, who they just gave a huge contract to to keep in Minnesota for probably the rest of his career. In the offseason, they got veteran Patrick Peterson, who still has a little juice left. So, you know, no slouch. Minnesota's nothing to take lightly. I don't know if Browns fans are, but Minnesota's no joke. And again, I think their offense ranks in the top three in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little nervous about this one, to be honest. But again, we'll get into it a little bit later. Um, with that being said, we will do, since Kyle's in St. Louis, it's only fair and only fitting that we talk a little baseball. And we go over a quick MLB standings update with two games left. I mean, the Indians are playing right now. Actually, one game left, I think. Tomorrow's the last game of the season for everybody. Yeah, I can uh-huh. see Bush Stadium from my hotel. I mean, it's crazy. I have the game on my TV in my hotel room, and I can see Bush Stadium from my hotel. So, Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Kyle uh, looks out his hotel window, and all he sees is Bush. I believe that's illegal in Bush. St. Louis and any other state you're in. <laughs> oh, no. In this city, and... you can walk around with Bush just out anywhere you want to. It's completely legal. <laughs> snooping on bush from his hotel go figure they call it they call it red october around here so it's a lot of red bush around here so red bush take it for that makes sense i can see that <laughs> all right so quick update uh the american league playoff picture so we have already locked in we have tampa bay houston chicago in that order one two three uh, excuse me division winners the wild card what are you Boston. drinking over there? Water? <laughs> bush light, actually. Um, okay. <laughs> Speaking of bush. We have Boston in first place, first wild card spot. And then second place, Toronto just moved ahead of the Yankees by a half a game. And, uh, you know, it shows you how quick things can change. I mean, we, we started talking about the playoff picture a little bit about two weeks ago. And Toronto was one of the hottest teams in baseball. Toronto had the number one wild card spot. I think the Yankees were second at the time. Boston was a little ways away. Now Boston's moved up to the one spot. So it's really cool how much things change in baseball uh, day-to-day, especially the way the the schedule 
lined up. The schedule lined up pretty cool with like Boston facing the Yankees over the weekend. Uh, There's just a lot of in-division games to end the season, which really changes the playoff picture, which is awesome. Really good job by Major League Baseball. They couldn't have planned it any better. I mean, obviously, when you're planning a schedule, you have no idea who's going to be in what place, but uh, they did a really good job somehow. It worked out this year to make the end of the season extremely entertaining. Now we move to the uh, National League. We have San Francisco at 98 and 53 in the number, the one seed. And then the number one wildcard spot is the Los Angeles Dodgers, who are sitting at 97 and 54. So that's coming down to the end of the season. I don't exactly know how that math works out because I don't know, you know, they got fucking half games and all that bullshit. Um, but basically, the Dodgers are one win behind. So I don't know how that would work. If they could tie them or what the record breaker is, bullshit. I have no idea. But either way, nail biter in the West. You have the Central Milwaukee Brewers have locked that up. They locked up the division. The East, Atlanta currently sits there at 79 and 71 with Cincinnati right on their ass at 78 and 74. So that's going to come down to the wire. And then again, the wild cards teams, you have the Dodgers with the number one spot or the San Francisco Giants will have a one spot. It's going to be one of those two. No questions asked. And the hottest team in baseball, the city Kyle is in right now. The St. Louis Cardinals have the number two spot in the wild card. And again, they are hot. And I think Zach Plesak just gave up a bomb. Oh, no, it stayed in the park. Um, But anyway, so, yeah, St. Louis is hot. But the thing is, it's scary right now because they're hot. They're on a 19-game winning streak. Let's say they lose tonight. And then let's say they lose tomorrow. So now next thing you know, you're on a two-game losing streak after you were just on a nine-game, 19-game winning streak. Actually, currently Milwaukee is beating the uh, Cardinals one to nothing right now. One, yep. But, like, yeah, I think about that. You're on such a long winning streak, and then out of nowhere, you're on a little bit of a losing streak. So it kind of makes you go, like, oh, fuck. Like, everybody starts well, to second-guess I mean, everything. Remember what so, happened with the Indians when they won 22? They won 22 games that one year, and they went on a losing streak after they lost that last game. I think they lost like four or five in a row after that 22 game winning streak, because I think it just took it out of them. Yeah. I think it's one of those, I, I say the expression a lot, but they, they blew their load. Basically they, they went a little, they flew a little too close to the sun. I mean, don't get me wrong. You're not going to see many teams go, you know, on a 20 game winning streak right into the playoffs to win the world series. It doesn't really happen, but to get hot is one thing, but to get hot and then to possibly get a little cold right at the end is the scary part. So we'll see what right. happens. I mean, anything's possible. Do you, I mean, it'd be crazy to think that the, the Cardinals are on this 20-something game winning streak. They go into the playoffs at the end here, and then they win the World Series. That would be insane. But crazy I mean, things the good news for The good news for St. Louis is they end the season with the Cubs, um, and, and the Cubs aren't that good. So they might have a chance to rest some of their people anyways to get ready for the playoffs. I don't know. Who knows? If they keep winning, why rest them, I guess? Keep going and going and going, I guess. Right. So anything's possible, especially in baseball. But yeah, a hot streak can turn to a cold streak in a matter of seconds. So that's going to be either way. Baseball is fun to watch right now. I will say. Oh, of course. So by this time next week, when we record our next episode, we will be into the playoffs already. Maybe even a couple teams had already advanced. You never know. But uh, definitely AL wild card starts what on on Tuesday? Is it Tuesday next week? The AL wild card game, and then Wednesday is the NL wild card game. Yeah, it's something like that. I really don't remember. But, yeah, so next week we'll be into the playoffs. We'll, we should have everything secured for the most part, depending on what day we record. Uh, but, yeah, definitely fun. Playoff baseball, there's just nothing like it. I cannot wait. 
NBA news, nothing too wild going on. You have teams reporting to camp, and you have players that are not reporting to camp. That being said, mm-hmm. Ben Simmons refusing to go to Philadelphia. Rumors report that over the weekend, the players on the Sixers were going to fly to Los Angeles to meet with Ben Simmons, and he flat out said, don't even waste your time. So it looks like he really <laughs> is done. He's done with Philadelphia, but Philadelphia doesn't seem to really want to be done with him because obviously that's a huge, good player to have on your team. You don't want to lose talent. And with him being kind of a diva that he's being right now, it's making teams maybe not necessarily want him as much. And again, with the whole not having a jumper thing, eh, to me, it makes teams not really want to trade for you either. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know. I didn't hear that story, but that's crazy to tell people not even worry about it. So he's just going to sit out. He's not even going to play. Do you get fined if you don't show up? I, I don't know how the NBA works like that. I mean, if you don't go at all, I mean, you have a contract, obviously, but is the team going <clears> to <throat> fine you for not being there? I'm really not sure. I mean, I look at I look at James Harden last year. I don't really remember what exactly happened, but I know he did the same thing. He showed up. He he held out a little bit. He showed up fat as fuck. Like, basically did not honor his contract like he should have and then ended up getting the trade that he wanted. So it's it's sad, but in the NBA, the, the players truly do run the show. So it, to me, How about it's, the other, it's only a matter of the other NBA Simmons gets traded. Right. The other NBA story right now is you got the vaccination thing in San Francisco and uh, New York and, and saying that if you're not vaccinated, you're not, you can't play or you can't come to the game. And I think the only issue right now, what Andrew Wiggins, is that what I read? He's, he's refusing to get the vaccination. He got denied his religious uh, his religious exemption he tried to apply for. So now he play, he plays for the Warriors, and he's saying, I, I'm not getting vaccinated. So does that mean that he's not playing any home games <laughs> this year? Yeah, I mean, you have him. You have Kyrie Irving. I'm sure you have many other players that are refusing to get vaccinated. And the NBA and certain states and arenas are saying, you can't come here. You can't play. And then the NBA came out earlier. And if I read it correctly, I could double check the story. It was on the front page of uh, ESPN here. And it said, yeah, NBA, no pay if unvaccinated players can't play. So I believe that means if you're unvaccinated and you have to miss a game, you're not getting paid for that game. So not only are these guys not going to be able to play, they're also going to be losing paychecks. So this is where does Andrew Wiggins really want to play the the religion card when he's missing out on tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I don't know how much he makes per game, but you know, you do the math, break it down, however many million divided by 82 games. Um, so yeah, now there's a financial issue behind it for these players. So I don't know. And Kyrie Irving hasn't even joined uh, the, the Brooklyn Nets. He'll play with them when they go to camp. Cause I think they play in like California or something like that or whatever state that they're playing in. He'll be able to play with them there. But in Brooklyn, Kyrie Irving isn't vaccinated, so Kyrie Irving isn't even welcome at his own media day. So it's causing a little bit of a rift between people. And I think teams and owners and and teammates alike are all going to be pretty pissed off once they start missing players, losing games, distractions, the teams, you know, shit's going to happen and players are not going to be happy about it. So I I would assume it's only a war. It's only a matter of time before I think most cities adapt this policy, I think. So, I mean, it's it's going to become a bigger widespread issue. I, I don't think it's just going to be happening in these big cities. I think most cities are going to adapt this policy, at least within the next 12 months, probably. Yeah, and it'll be curious. I'll be curious to see if, uh, you know, who wins this one? Do the players win? Because I can't really see them 
winning in any situation because the NBA doesn't want to miss games. The NBA doesn't want their schedule to get all fucked up because players have to miss and they have to the forfeit, not forfeit, but uh, postpone games, reschedule, etc. So it'll be curious to see who wins because, again, as I just said about the, the Ben Simmons and the, the James Harden situation, players run the league. So if enough players are on the side of the let them play vaccinated or not side, I, I bet the NBA would cave. But how do you win that argument? What is Le- is LeBron vaccinated? I don't know. Oh, I mean, he is. He is. I think he is. Yeah, yeah he, he's been at many events without masks and stuff. And he was at Media Day the other day, so yeah, I think he's he's vaxxed. I think everybody yeah, in the Lakers, it, it looks like he he did it without. He did it with, of course, complaining. He's like, I'm still skeptical, but I got it. I got it anyways. So okay, because I remember he used to be somebody who used to be outspoken against it, kind of, kind of saying he didn't trust it, wasn't sure about it. But okay, yeah, yeah I he, the story. He, he did get vaccinated. Yeah, he was one of the ones that came out and just said, like, you know, we'll uh, we'll see. He wanted to do some more research. He wasn't sold, but it sounds like he ended up getting it. So, whatever. It happens. Took him a little longer than normal, but it happened. But, yeah, so the, the uh, NBA's in a pickle for sure. Definitely going to be some something to watch for the future. That's all right. It's, 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 only, it's only Kyrie Irving. Fuck him. Who cares? <laughs> right. He's just going crazy again. Who saw this coming? All right, moving on to week four, NFL. We'll uh, we'll do what we do always. We'll start off with the Browns. We won't make our picks, but we'll start off with the Browns versus the Vikings and what we think keys to the game will be if the Browns want to come away with a victory. I think, again, as I said earlier, won't be easy. Uh, you have a Minnesota team that's been playing well that is a missed field goal away from being uh, 3-0, and if I'm not mistaken. I think they're 2-1 right now. Uh, you have a very good team. Kirk Cousins, I don't think, has turned the ball over yet. Their offense is top five in the NFL. Even without Dalvin Cook, they were still able to win last week. They Their defense isn't great, but it's okay. They're a legitimate playoff contender going against the Browns, who are a legitimate playoff contender. So this is a really good matchup, a really good test. I think the Browns have a pretty good schedule for the first half of the season in terms of true opponents and true tests. Cause you're going to obviously week one, you have Kansas city. Then you get week two and week three against some low, lowly teams. It's kind of like a, a college football schedule almost. And then you're going to week four and you're going right up against the, another uh, playoff team potentially in Minnesota, a good offense. It's time to see what the Browns really have really are made of because you're on the road. Last time we were on the road against a really good team. We started hot. And that is, of course, against the Kansas City Chiefs. We started hot. We let them back in it. Minnesota's offense is nowhere near as high-powered as Kansas City. So a huge lead against a team like Minnesota. You hope you can put that game away relatively easily, but only time will tell. and We'll see what happens on Sunday. But I think the Browns kind of have to get off to that hot start that they got off to against Kansas City. You can't come out slow. Our biggest issue the last couple of weeks, uh, in our wins, don't get me wrong, they were wins, so I'm not complaining, but you beat Houston and you beat Chicago, but you also started off really slow. I'm not going to lie. I was a little nervous in both games against Kansas city. You started off really hot and I was nervous of, are they going to, that ended up happening. So you can't do that against Minnesota. You have to go in there, establish your dominance, do what you did against Kansas city, essentially mix it up. Plenty of runs, plenty of passing plays. Baker's got to be sharp. You have Odell Beckham back. Obviously, you still don't have Jarvis Landry. 
But you have talent. You have the rookie, Anthony Schwartz. You still have Donovan Peoples-Jones, who made some great catches on Sunday. You have Rashard Higgins, who made some huge catches on Sunday. You have a really good tight end room. David Njoku hasn't really been heard of since week one. He's a guy that could get a little more involved in the offense. Then you have your stud running backs. The number one thing, we need a healthy healthy offensive line. Uh, get that push. Don't let Chubb get started, get that slow start like he got to off to against Chicago. And then just hope that Kareem Hunt can come in and fill the void. You need to get Nick Chubb going again. Establish dominance early. My big takeaway for the defensive side, wreak havoc. Kirk Cousins hasn't turned the ball over yet this year, so I'm not expecting him. He, He very well could. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's incapable of doing it, but I think they need to, even if you don't get a turnover, just make him make some bad decisions. Make him throw the ball away. Take a couple sacks. Don't let them get going. Don't let their offense get hot. You have to contain Adam Thielen. Our big issue, obviously it didn't happen on Sunday against the Bears, but if you look at a team like uh, the Houston Texans, Veteran wide receivers were killing us. Denzel Ward had no answer. Now you're going a second-year guy in Justin Jefferson who plays like a veteran going against Greedy Williams. So that's the matchup to look at. Or is Greedy going to be covering Thielen and Hill is going to be covering Thielen. Or I'm sorry, Hill would be covering Thielen because he's a slot guy. Who knows what they're going to scheme up? Who knows what Joe Woods has under his under, up his sleeve? But my biggest thing is you have to get out there and play like he did against Chicago. You have to get to the quarterback. The linebackers have to be fast all over the field, uh, making great plays. Secondary has to cover. Bullshit pass interference call that would have been and it should have been an interception for John Johnson the third on Sunday. Um, but he extended his arm, and 99% of the time in the NFL, if you extend your arm, they're going to call it. So my takeaway for the Browns is, I mean, there's a few keys there, as you said, but start off fast. Start off hot on defense, also fast, because you want to be all over the field, and wreak havoc on defense. Let's see that Chicago defense that we had last week. Let's see it against a better team. So that's my takeaway for the Browns. What are yours, Kyle? So, I mean, you covered pretty much everything, but my my three biggest ones that I think that they need to go away with is a bend-don't-break defense, meaning – um, you know, you're not going to completely stop Kirk Cousins or Dalvin Cook if he plays, but you'd have to just be able to slow him down or prevent those touchdowns. You give up field goals, that's fine. Uh, just don't give up the touchdowns. Don't give up the big plays. Don't get beat over the top. You know, let's keep that contained. And, and like you said, let's. I'm really curious to see who does cover Justin Jefferson because that's going to be a, a very interesting matchup because, like you said before, this kid's on fire. He's a hell of a receiver. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, I agree with you. Get Chubb going early. Um, I don't want to see Baker just going to Odell. I think I texted you last week, and I said I feel like he's forcing it again. Maybe I'm wrong. But, I mean, I felt like they were trying to get him going, and maybe it was just to get him going. You know, Maybe it was just the plays drawn up, and maybe he was the only open wide receiver at the time when the play was drawn or when, when he went through his re- progressions. I don't know. But it felt to me like we were really trying to overthrow the ball to Odell and we neglected the tight ends. I didn't see many tight end throws that game. Um, like we had said before, get the tight ends involved. I, I want to see that happening. I want to see tight ends. I want to see more involvement of people's Jones. I want to see more involvement of Higgins. I just don't want to see him be the only option when it comes to throwing the ball. Um, but if we can slow their offensive down, offense down and just 
you know, prevent the big plays, I think we have a good chance to win this. But my biggest fear is that Justin Jefferson touchdown deep down the side, you know, that's going to kill us. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But like you said before, I'm a little nervous. I am. I'm nervous about this game too. So with that being said, let's get into our week four picks, ladies and gentlemen. We have, starting off, Sunday night football. You have. Oh, did you figure hot. out the tallies yet? Did you figure out what the score is yet? Yeah, you you are up by one game. It is you are thirty two and sixteen. I'm thirty one and seventeen. Oh boy! So we get into Thursday night football. The surprisingly well, I, I'll say well managed uh, or well coached. I didn't think Zach Taylor had it in him, but surprisingly, the Bengals look like a pretty decent team. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals going, or I'm sorry, staying at home to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Urban Meyer kind of going close to home there. Uh, Cincinnati's not too far from Columbus. Southern Ohio, does he get his first win on Thursday night? A couple injuries for the Bengals playing in a short week. What do you say, Kyle? Who are you taking here? I, I think this is a pretty easy pick. I just don't see Jacksonville getting it together. I do think the game, however, is going to be close. Um, I do think that you're going to see some um, Trevor Lawrence, some some nice play by him. Um, but I do think Cincinnati takes it. I think Joe Burrow is probably going to have a, a typical two-touchdown kind of night, 250, maybe 300-yard night. Um, so I, it's going to be a Cincinnati one. I got Cincinnati in that one. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think that on a short week with how he struggled, that Trevor Lawrence is going <clears> to <throat> figure it out. And I think you got a guy like Joe Burrow who's only in, he's only in year two. And he's only in, you know, basically not even a full season under his belt because of the injury from last year. So he's on a short week as well, but I don't think that's going to be a factor for him. He's a true pro, not saying Trevor Lawrence isn't, but Joe Burrow has been there before. Trevor Lawrence still looking for that first win. So is Urban Meyer. I think Urban Meyer kind of hurt team morale a little bit by trading away Henderson. You have a pretty high draft pick from last year who's a pretty talented player. And for whatever reason, Urban Meyer just wanted him out. And there were rumors they were trying to trade him in the offseason. And now they officially did. So, again, I think that kind of hurts the team when you look at it. You have a good player on a very bad team. You're 0-3. You're struggling for answers. And you trade away a guy. I just don't think that that's going to help anybody. So, I'm with you. I'm going Cincinnati. Perfect. Next up, the Washington football team. At Atlanta. This one, this was a tough one. I'm not going to lie to you. This is one I've been sitting on. I'm not confident in my answer. Washington has looked like a team that can score if they need to every once in a while. Their defense has looked like shit. Atlanta has looked like Atlanta. They are a bad defensive team. Their offense can score sometimes, but they're also going to have really bad games where the offense doesn't move at all. They... I won't say they've been Jekyll and Hyde, but they've been a little, you know, you look at the Tampa Bay game, the offense was moving. They were keeping up with the, with Tampa Bay. Then you look against last week, they're, they're, they're playing the Giants and they struggled a little bit. They needed a last second field goal to win the game. So it's safe to say that both of these teams, you don't know what you're getting on any given day. So this was a really, really tough one for me. Uh, if you give me a second here, I'm going to pull up my pictures because I really don't even remember who I picked. 
Okay. I didn't. I didn't think this one would be that much of a, a tough decision, but okay. It was. It truly is for me. Uh, I decided to go with Washington. Oh boy, we have a, a difference already. So I uh, really, I agree with your. Yeah, I, I agree with your assessment. I think that it's going to be an interesting game, but I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to put the game in Matty Ice's hand. I think. Uh, I think that Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons pull this one off, and I think they pull it off with uh, a possible two touchdown win here. Uh, I'm not going to call my shot, but I, I think it's going to be a good game for Atlanta at home. I think they take the victory there. All right. We got, I could possibly make up ground or lose a little more here. Uh, next up, we go to Buffalo where we have Houston taking on Buffalo. I think this is a pretty easy one for both of us, especially with Davis Mills starting a quarterback for Houston. I don't think they stand a chance. I'll take Buffalo and I won't even think twice about it. Yeah, I think if you have Josh Allen in your, in your fantasy team, you are definitely excited to have him start this weekend. Um, so, yeah, Buffalo, pretty easy win here. Next up, we have Detroit at Chicago. This one's a tricky uh, one a little bit because both teams are obviously not playing the greatest of base, or, uh, of, a foot, of football right now. They Detroit's looked good. In a few games, they held their own against Green Bay. They held their own against San Francisco, and they really held their own and should have won against Baltimore. Some things just didn't go their way. They're one of those teams that they're bad, but they're right on that bubble of, of, of you know, they could get a cut. They, they could easily, they're 0-3, but they could easily be 3-0, and at least 2-1. and But unfortunately, they are 0-3. Going against Chicago, though, it seems like Andy Dalton was limited in practice today. It's looking like Justin Fields is going to be their starter again. Until Matt Nagy proves that he knows how to put an offense together, for me, I don't trust him. So I'm going Detroit with, I'm assuming they're going to be the underdog. So I'll give me a road upset Detroit Lions win. Lions and Tigers and Bears. Oh, my. So (laughs) the uh, Bears are only a three-point favorite at home because they're only at home. That's why. So I think it's pretty much a wash game. Um, yeah, but no, I'm going, I I'm going with you. I go with Detroit. I think Detroit puts it together this week. Finally. Um, I think they have played extremely well to the lion's capability this year against really good teams. Um, so I think that they pulled off. I think that it's not going to be an easy win now, but I, I do think they win. I win the game. So I got Detroit. Now I'll start off with this with, uh, before I, I'll preface everything with this there. I hate the lions. I hate the pistons. So for that reason, I also hate the, uh, I'm sorry, I'm at the Tigers. I also hate the Lions. So they can go fuck themselves entirely. I don't care if they're failures. I'm happy they went 0-16 because we went 0-16, so we have somebody to share that with. But in this situation, I will say I feel a little bad for him because, again, I thought Dan Campbell was a shitty coach. I didn't understand that hire at the time. Uh, They traded away Matt Stafford. They acquired Jared Goff. I really felt bad for them then because I know Jared Goff's not a great quarterback. So I was really thinking like, man, I feel bad for this team. Like they are in full tank mode. It's going to be a long time coming before they're competitive. And again, they've been competitive in all three games this year. So I'm very, very pleasantly surprised with them. It, it must suck to be a Lions fan to see every week you come that close, especially I've been there before as a Browns fan, you get screwed out of a win that you should have had against Baltimore or, you know, any team for that matter, but especially against Baltimore, I, I, I feel bad for them. So I think they are there. Yeah, they're right on the cusp. And the Bears, until Matt Nagy again shows me any sense of life on offense with Justin Fields behind center, I just I can't even look at their direction. 
<laughs> Next up, we have Carolina undefeated going into Dallas. Carolina's defense, one of the better ones in football. They did have some huge injuries last week. As mentioned before, they did trade for C.J. Henderson from the Jacksonville Jaguars. However, he's only been there a couple of days, so I don't expect him to be that well acquainted with the defense yet, especially because he's not just being asked to join a good defense. He's being asked to take over for J.C. Horn, their first-round pick of this year, because J.C. Horn broke his foot. Offensively, the Carolina Panthers lost their entire offense, in my opinion, in Christian McCaffrey. I know Sam Darnold looked good after Christian McCaffrey got hurt last week. However, it was against Houston. So, with that being said, for me, I got to go Dallas. I think Dallas's offense is high-powered. Their defense has played surprisingly well. I think Carolina's luck runs out because they're playing a more competent team and a much better offense. And I just, I think those injuries are going to be a little too much to overcome. I don't think Sam Darnold's the type of quarterback that's going to win you games without arguably the most talented running back in football. So I'm going the home home team here, Dallas Cowboys. What say you, Kyle? Um, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm interested to see if Sam Darnold continues to run the football into the end zone this week. Um, who saw that coming last week, huh? Um, but no, I agree with you. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus. Lucky son of a bitch. Um, but no, I agree. Dallas, I think Dallas takes this. Dallas is one of the best offenses in the league. And they're, like you said, last week, their defense was, um, was pretty good. I mean, they had, I think what, two or three interceptions last week. So yeah, I'm going with Dallas. Yeah. One of them was a, uh, pick six. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I go Dallas is one pretty easy win. I think. Next up we go South down to South Beach, Indianapolis at Miami Dolphins. Uh, This was a little bit of a tricky one, too, because the Colts offense, for whatever reason, Frank Reich has had, he struggled in the red zone. The Colts are, their offense literally is getting worse every week, and I don't want to blame any of the players, because they have enough talent on offense where they shouldn't be this bad. Um, Miami, on the other hand, probably going to be without Tua again with Jacoby Brissett, but Jacoby Brissett looked really good last week against the Raiders. So do we get that same Jacoby Brissett at home, or are we going to get, you know, the Jacoby Brissett that's the backup that's kind of bounced around the NFL? Uh, Excuse me. However, it is a little bit of a revenge game. If you remember, Jacoby Brissett played with the Colts uh, two years ago before they got Phillip Rivers, right after Andrew Luck retired, and he did a really good job. He he, he actually was pretty decent in Indianapolis, so – a little bit of a revenge game here because they did go all in on Phillip Rivers and get rid of Jacoby Brissett last year. So I, I'm i going with Miami. I'm just going to go with the home team. I think these are two average to below average teams, and I'm just going to go home field advantage. So, And I also think it's they said the Colts said Quentin Nelson's probably not playing, and he's the best guard in football, arguably. So with that being said, give me the Dolphins. Well, another difference here. Um, I was I was back and forth on this one as well. This is one of those ones that I just wasn't sure about. Um, but when you picked Miami, I figured why not? We're gonna go with we're gonna go the other way here. I think Indianapolis wins this one. I I see your point with the revenge game from Brissett, but at the end of the day, it's still Jacoby Brissett. I, I don't think he's gonna pull it together for him. Um, I, I think Indy pulls this one off. Um, uh, close game though. It's gonna be a very close game, but I think Indy takes the victory at the end. All right, this is how I this is how I take the lead, ladies and gentlemen. So I come back. So next up, we we'll just do this one because last week I'm not gonna lie to you, I was I forgot to write it down, so we'll just go in order. Uh, 
Cleveland at Minnesota. We're going to do it now. I'll let, uh, I'll let you start it off. We're going to do it now. We're going to do it live. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like you said, I'm nervous for this week. I am, but however, it's the Browns and I I think that they're going to pull it off. I think and hope that our defense is going to show up and I hope and pray that Baker doesn't have a bad game. And I, I think we win this one close, but I think we win this one. So I get, give me the Browns. All right. We do not differ here. I too am going with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, it was tough. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a little nervous picking this one. Part of me wants to go with Minnesota. Part of me wants to go with the Browns. And I can't tell if that's a, it's not even a fan thing. It's truly, I'm using my, my gut. And I just think overall, the Browns are the better team. I also think that Kevin Stefanski, I understand it's, it's again, you can look at this as a revenge game as well. Stefanski's first time in Minnesota after 14 years or whatever as an assistant. But I look at it more as who knows Cousins and that offense better than Kevin Stefanski and what they're capable of. He worked there for so long. The only guy that's new to him is Justin Jefferson. He knows Cousins like the back of his hand. He knows Thielen like the back of his hand. He knows Dalvin Cook. He knows Mike Zimmer, who's still the head coach. So same can be said, though, for Zimmer. Zimmer knows what Stefanski's into a little bit. But I also think that by, by changing teams, you change your identity a little bit because you have to adapt to the players on your roster. So to me, I think that gives Stefanski the advantage. That gives him you know, the ability to game plan against these guys a little bit better than they have the ability to game plan against the coach. He can game plan against specific players. They can only game plan against the coach, if that makes sense. So with that being said, on the road, I think it's going to be a tight one. I think this could be one of those comes down to a Chase McLaughlin field goal at the end of the game or something similar, like, you know, one score game. It's going to be tight. It's going to be a tight butthole kind of day. We're going to be puckered. We're going to be nervous. Uh, But in the end, I think the Browns pull off the W. So that's I don't think I've ever had a Browns game where I haven't been puckered. So I agree with you. Puckered and wasted. Usually the two things you need to be to watch Cleveland football. (laughs) Next up. We go down to Nolens, where we have the New York football giants taking on the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans has been a Jekyll and Hyde team. Week one, they looked fucking amazing. Week two, they looked like they they looked like Bishamore Six Sycamore, whatever the fuck they were called, Bishop Sycamore. Then week three, they go <laughs> into reference. New England. Yeah, no, it's been a while. I got to keep it fresh. <laughs> then week three, they go into New England, and they look great. They make Mac Jones the rookie look like a rookie and they beat the hell out of the Patriots. So which new Orleans saints are we getting this week? However, they're going against the New York giants who have looked like the New York giants every week. They've looked like a team that doesn't really can't really put it together. They have a shitload of talent on offense. They have a very, very below average quarterback and an okay defense. So not a whole lot to hang your hat on in New York for either team, whichever one you root for. And that's why I'm going with the New Orleans Saints here. I just think that they're the better coach team. I think as long as they show up and their defense plays well, because, again, healthy defense. Week two, a lot of people forget they did not have um, Marshawn Lattimore, who's one of the best corners in football. He's back. He helped them tremendously against the Patriots. I think it will help them tremendously against Danny Dimes and the Giants. So give me the New Orleans Saints. 
that video I can show you. I'm licking my fingers and like like a Jamin Jameis Winston win victory over here, all creepy and everything. Uh, but Eating I agree w's. with you. Eating W's. I do agree. I, I do think um, I do think New Orleans Nolens takes his victory. Um, I just the Giants beat themselves more than anything. I just don't think they had a chance to win any anything much this season. So yeah, this should be a pretty easy win for the Saints. I yeah, say I that now and watch the Saints are going to shit the bed and Daniel Jones is going to run for like 250 yards and a touchdown or whatever. Yeah, uh, but if but... that if if anything like that happens, it's a complete fluke. It's an anomaly. It's not like it's something that you know we were like, wow, I you know what we should have seen this coming. You know what I mean? So it's not, I think, <laughs> right. I think our assessments were pretty spot on. Uh, next up, we have the Tennessee Titans taking on the New York winless Jets. Should we just skip over this game because we both know how easy the pick this is? Yeah, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna. <laughs> this is like one of those things where like you come home and you're you get accused of something and you're just you're so offended that you're like I'm not even gonna justify a response. That's almost like this. It's the Titans, and that's all you're getting out of me. You don't need to know anything else because it should be pretty fucking obvious. And I'm not even gonna talk, so we're just gonna move on to the next one. <laughs> yeah. So, as expected, Kyle takes the Jets as I write that down. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next up, we have our last 1 o'clock game of the week. Kansas City looking to bounce back against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Kansas City has lost two pretty close games, came down to the wire. Obviously, if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire didn't fumble against the Ravens, they win that game more than likely because Buckter would have kicked that field goal. And then... Last week against the Chargers, just the great Chargers team showed up. Justin Herbert's showing himself that he – or showing the league that he belongs. And the Chiefs also had a bit of an off day. Mahomes typically plays amazing, lights-out football in, in the month of September. Last week he looked like shit. Multi, you know, turnovers, they lost. He doesn't do that in September uh, until now. So I still think the Chiefs are a good team. Uh, they're, they're nothing to just because they're one and two. I don't think people should be like, ha, I knew they fucking were overrated, whatever. I think that there's still so much season left and I'm not ready to bury them yet. I think the Raiders started off undefeated last year too. And we saw how that played out. So don't, don't count your chickens a little too early there. People, I think the chiefs are going to be fine. I think they get a bounce back win here against the Eagles. I just think the Eagles are not a very good football team. I'm not a Jalen hurts fan. I've said that all along since since he got drafted. Didn't really understand the pick at the time. But I guess, you know, the writing was on the wall that the management wanted Carson Wentz out. And they were willing to do just about anything to do that. And by doing so, they drafted Jalen Hurts, who is not making that team any better or worse than they were with Carson Wentz. So with that being said, give me the Chiefs. Um, before I make my pick, the uh... – uh, Brewers just blasted a two-run home run. They are currently winning three to nothing in the top of the sixth. There we go. That, that win to... streak is that win streaks on the on the line here. Bad so. time to break that streak, <clears throat> or is it a good time? Uh, you never know. Maybe they need it out of their system. Right, could be. We'll see. Um, as much as I want Kansas City to lose this game, I really do. I think Philadelphia showed their true colors last week against Dallas, um, and, and I, I just don't think they're that good of a team. Um, their defense is not going to slow down Patrick Mahomes. They're not going to stop Patrick Mahomes. So I really do believe Kansas City wins this one. I, I'd say even by two touchdowns or more. So yeah, give me Kansas City. Well. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't expect this one to be close. Even though it is in Philadelphia, I still, uh, barring some some crazy weather, you know, if it's if it's shitty outside, maybe that slows the Chiefs down. Other than that, literally the Eagles 
only chance at slowing down the Chiefs is an act of God. So that tells you all you need to know. So we're both uh, on the same page with Kansas City there. Now we go to 4 o'clock games. This one's probably the game of the week, in my opinion. You have, well, actually, there's two near game of the weeks. This is one of them for sure. 3-0 Arizona against 3-0 Los Angeles Rams. In Los Angeles, the Rams coming off that huge win over Tampa Bay. Uh, somebody's got to lose or tie, I guess, because the NFL still does ties, and I don't fucking get it. But you just assume somebody's got to lose here. I personally, after watching what they did to the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last week and seeing how Arizona has gotten kind of lucky in in a few of their early wins, I think the Rams are legit. As I said earlier, when we went over the the shocking undefeated teams, I brought up the Arizona Cardinals and I said my issue with them is, you know, a missed field goal. They got to win because the, the Vikings missed a kick. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, they they needed a pick six on him. There was a I mean, obviously it was the Jacksonville Jaguars who returned it, but they returned a 109 yard missed field goal uh, for a touchdown. They returned it. It just shows me that the, the Cardinals have some weaknesses. The Cardinals can be beat. I think a better team takes advantage of that, a better coached team. And I think Sean McVay, Sean McVay is one of the best coaches in football. So I think they kind of handle the Cardinals relatively easily. I think Aaron Donald is going to be a fucking menace to Kyler Murray for most of the day. Jalen Ramsey and DeAndre Hopkins should be awesome to watch. So it should be a really fun game. But I am going to be taking the hometown Los Angeles Rams in this one. Yeah, this is a, this was a tough one. This was one of the ones I didn't have marked off up until probably right before we started. Um, I, I think that it's going to be close. It's going to be. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be a low scoring even. Um, just because I, I don't know why. I just have a feeling they're not going to like have this gigantic score. I don't know what the score line is, anyways. But um, I don't know. I, 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 do think, I have to look. I, I do think the Rams win, though. I agree. I think they do win this game because the Rams are a legit team. You know. Uh, they're they're playing out of their mind. They're playing great football right now, but I think they win it. It's just going to be a very close game. But, yeah, give me the Rams on this one. Yeah, this one to me just screams, uh, you know, this is Arizona's chance to prove are you a pretender or a contender. And in my gut, I think they're a pretender. So I, I see them – you know, I'm not saying they're going to get blown out, but I do see the Rams. I think the Rams kind of handle the game. It's never really going to be in doubt for St. Louis or for, for Los Angeles. Well, look at that. I went back to the St. Louis Rams. Um, but I, <laughs> uh, I do poor St. Louis. I, I think they just kind of prove their dominance here. I think the Rams, after beating Tampa Bay last week, to most people that should have been enough to prove that they're a contender. But I think beating Arizona here in you know Tampa Bay, Arizona, back-to-back weeks, <clears throat> knocking them off that win streak, I think is going to be huge for the Rams. And that, again, shows that they're nothing to joke with in the NFC. So, yeah, give me the Rams as well. Next up, we have more NFC West. Seattle Seahawks at San Francisco 49ers. The Niners have looked okay. But, again, they look very limited because of Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is a limited quarterback, so you're kind of stuck with whatever he can do. Then you have Seattle, who is struggling like motherfuckers. They have no identity. They can't seem to figure out what's going on. Obviously, in the offseason, you had the Russell Wilson drama. Uh, a lot of shit going on in Seattle. And traveling to San Francisco, 
Kyle Shanahan's probably going to want this W here. He he just pissed away the game. If you saw the, the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, with like 40 seconds left, he drove down the field, won the game with a last-second field goal. The Niners. Boy, Aaron Rodgers. He, he, you know, I told you, man, just needed that one week one to show the world, you know what, fuck the Packers for drafting that guy. I still hate you, but I can still win games and play at an MVP level, and he's doing just that. Uh, but in this game, Seattle, I don't know. They, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say with what to think about with them. They usually start off a little bit better with Russell Wilson, and they haven't been able to do that this year. And San Francisco has kind of looked poised. Just showed you that Aaron Rodgers still dominates the the NFL when he wants to, and established his dominance over the Niners. But I also think the Niners are a pretty decent team. I don't think they're anything special, but they're pretty decent, well coached. Uh, I'm going the hometown San Francisco 49ers just because. The Seahawks need to show me that they can figure out who they are as a team. So I'm going with the hometown team here. Yeah, I think this was a I say easy pick for me, but I mean, I went San Francisco, but it, it's just like you said before, I don't know what's going on in Seattle. I don't know what they're doing or what they're trying to do. And plus, I think Lockett's out this week, isn't he? I, I think he got hurt last week. I believe he's out this week. So that kind of hurts uh, the targets for Russell Wilson as well. Um, yeah, that, I could be wrong, but I, I, I thought he was hurt. Is he is he or is he not? I'm not positive. I'm not sure. I think he is because I know he was walked off and I think he hurt his back. I'm not sure if he's going to bow. He might be questionable at best right now. I don't know that for sure. Either way, he's not going to be 100. percent Is I guess the point. And I, that that does take their deep threat away. DK Metcalf is uh, on a milk carton somewhere. He hasn't done much this year, so I don't know what's going on with that. But yeah, I think the San Francisco 49ers take this one. Yeah. So Lockett's got a hip injury. It says he was questionable at practice today or limited at practice today. I'm sorry. He is questionable for Sunday, but yeah, like you said, he's got a hip injury, which, you know, it, it stemmed from a, a bad tackle he took and that's going to hurt his speed. And that's his biggest thing is Russell Wilson's favorite deep threat. So I think you take that away. And again, San Francisco's a good defense. They're, you know, led by Nick Bosa. They have a pretty damn def- good defense there. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say necessarily it's an easy pick. I think on paper it looks like an easy pick that it's going to be the Niners. But my issue is one day Seattle might wake up and be that explosive team that they showed in week one. And it could be any time. Is it this Sunday? I hope not because I'm picking the Niners, but it could happen any time. So this is one of those games for me that was like a 50-50 toss. Like if I lose this pick and the Seahawks win, I'm not going to be surprised pretty much. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, next up, we have Baltimore traveling to the undefeated Denver Broncos. This is a tough one because you have Baltimore, who, who's looked okay at times. They've struggled a little bit on the road. You have Denver, who's 3-0 and and looked like a, a contender, but are they really? And they're home. They have that advantage with the thinner air. Uh, I'll let you go first with this one because I'm not going to lie, this was a split one for me as well. <laughs> this was... This was a very hard one for me. However, and I almost want to say I I, I coin flipped this one, but I'm going Denver. Um, I'm going Denver for a couple of reasons. One, I just don't think Baltimore has it together. They have so many injuries. They don't know what type of team they are right now. I think they're relying too much on, on Jackson to try to do too many things in the game, run the football, pass the football. I just, I don't see them getting it together. I think, Denver keeps their win streak going. I think Bridgewater just does enough. He has nice weapons. I think the run game pounds away at that 
at that football. I, I'm taking Denver, but in a very close game. But I think Denver wins this game. I'm actually with you. I have Denver as well. Um, I mean, I just saw an hour ago, too, that uh, Lamar Jackson didn't practice today because he's, he's got a little bit of a back injury. I think Denver's yeah. defense is fast. Denver's defense is physical. Denver's offense has looked really well. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, again, he's one of those guys that just he doesn't turn it over. He keeps you in the game. He is a game manager quarterback. Let's just call it like it is. It's not an insult when I say that about a quarterback. When you're a game manager, that just means that you can do enough to win games and to keep your team in it. And what more can you ask for? Not every team can have a franchise quarterback. Let's not buy, let's not be naive. So Teddy Bridgewater is a really good quarterback to kind of hold the fort down in Denver. Do I think they're a Super Bowl contender with him? No. But do I think they could be a playoff team that with given a little bit of an upgrade, a quarterback, I'm, I'm not comparing him to Teddy to, uh, I'm sorry, not Teddy Bridgewater to uh, Jameis Winston because Teddy Bridgewater is, does not turn the ball over like that, but it's kind of reminding me of a setup of Tampa Bay where they're getting all these pieces in place. They have a young offense. You got Noah Fant. You have Cortland Sutton. You have Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick. You just drafted Javante Williams. You have a, a, a not young, but you have a, I mean, you have a relatively young defense, uh, a good defense. Maybe if they go after an Aaron Rodgers next year, which has definitely been a rumor, that puts them on the next level. But even with Teddy Bridgewater, I, I agree with you. I think they do have enough to beat the Ravens, who are hurt. Uh, they, they, they have injuries all over the place. They, like, like you said, they rely a little too much on Lamar Jackson, I think, with his bad back that's going to affect things because maybe now he thinks twice about running. And I just think that uh, Denver, the home team, they get it. So I'm with you. Give me Denver. I thought you were for sure going Baltimore. I thought we were going to have two different ones again. No, it's fun to see these teams in the AFC North kind of struggle. And uh, again, I know, I know Baltimore's two and one, but, but as I said earlier, they could easily be 0 and three, a fumble by Clyde Edwards Hilaire and a missed uh, delay of game penalty and the world's longest field goal in history are why they're two and one for me. That's like, Eventually, that, that horseshoe is going to fall out of their ass and th- that their luck's going to run out. And I think that's going to be this week. They're going to kind of be slapped in the face by Denver. And I'm what better team for a horseshoe? What better team than a horseshoe to fall out of your ass than against the Broncos? But um, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> when the Broncos kick them in their ass and they lose a horseshoe, it's going to fall out at halftime. <laughs> Next up, we have Pittsburgh at Green Bay. Pittsburgh, is, again, as I said, has looked terrible uh, last week. TJ Watt missed the game, even though all week he talked about how he wasn't going to miss and he was going to play just as normal as before. I hate when players do that. I mean, I get it. It's, it's a competition thing. You don't want to tell them you're not playing too early, but it's just funny that he, you know, TJ Watt acts like Mr. Tough guy, blah, blah, blah. And then doesn't even play in the game. If you're, we knew you were hurt. You don't recover from a hamstring injury that cost you an entire half of another game overnight and then to act like act like nothing happened so stupid of him to do that uh but i love it i love when he doesn't play ben looks like shit uh the steelers offense overall looks like complete garbage green bay looks like decent on defense obviously they need a little help they got a couple guys that are hurt offensively the packers offense looks pretty much unstoppable i don't think the steelers are going to have an answer for that offense whether it be Devonte adams uh uh, who's a running back? Jamal, not Jamal Adams. Um, Who? Uh, or Jamal Williams. Green, 
No, Jamal yeah. Williams in Detroit. Aaron Jones. Sorry, I was thinking Aaron Jones. Yes. So you have Devonte Adams. You have Aaron Jones. You've got Robert Tunyon. You know Marquez Valdez Scantling. Alan Lazard. I just don't think the Steelers are going to have an answer for them, and I don't think Ben's going to be able to keep up with an okay Packers defense. I think is even going to be a little too much for that that Steeler offense, their offensive line, and Ben. So, give me Green Bay. Yeah, I will never pick Pittsburgh this season, so um, I'm an easy pick. I'm taking Green Bay here. I mean, unless some unforeseen things happen, my favorite thing in our group pick them that we do on Facebook are, are is seeing the Steeler fans continuing to pick the Steelers. They are in such fucking denial that their team sucks. It's hilarious to me. Like I saw, I mean, did, did did someone pick Green? Did someone pick Pittsburgh Steelers this week? I'm 99% positive your buddy Bo picked Pittsburgh. Oh boy, let's see here. And when I saw that, I was just like, that's just he did. such a such a fanboy pick. Like, be real. Are you not trying to win the money? Like, be realistic. Because there's no way he can explain why he picked the Steelers other than because he's a Steelers fan. Which, hey, any given Sunday, maybe they win, maybe he gets the point. But also, if you lose, and it's just, I mean, it's, it's probably going to be, I mean, what do we have, 20 people in the group, give or take, we'll say. Let's say yeah. maybe, maybe 18 of them are going to be picking the Packers. So... Sure, he could be in the minority and get that lucky pick because they could pull a you know a, a miracle off on Sunday. But be realistic. I just don't understand people that pick these things with their heart and not with their head. Well, there's times where I get, I pick against the Browns and I get shit for it. Like week one, I picked against the Browns. You're like, oh, I can't believe you didn't pick the Browns. I mean, yeah, I'm picking with my head, not my heart. I and mean, I'm just I'm trying to win money here. So <laughs> it's like I, mean, I, I know people that play fantasy football, and I think it's the dumbest thing ever. And they'll say, oh, I refuse to draft. Ravens, Steelers, or Bengals because they're in the division, and I don't want to have to root for them against the Browns. And it's like, then you're in fantasy football for all the wrong reasons because, don't get me wrong, I want the Browns to win as much as the next guy, but I got breaking news for you. They're going to lose games. They're going to give up scores to people. I just hope it happens to be one of the guys on my team if they do it. That's all I care about. It's not that I'm rooting against the Browns or anything like that, but yeah, if I have Lamar Jackson in my DraftKings and Lamar Jackson throws for four touchdowns, I'm going, fuck. I'll take the four touchdowns. He was going to throw them regardless. So what the fuck does it matter if you have them on your fantasy team? You know what I mean? Amen. It's like that. It's the people that go, I can't do it. This and that. Like then you're in these, these games for the wrong reason, because in the pickums, I want the money. It has nothing to do with the teams. I'm picking strictly to win the points and to hopefully win the money at the end. So to pick your hometown favorite team, whatever is just stupid. And I think it's going to cost people points and it's going to cost people wins. And I look forward to it. Better odds for me. Sunday night football, Tampa Tom returns to New England for the first time with only like 60 yards to spare till he sets the NFL record for passing yards or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, To me, what better team to do it against, huh? (laughs) Right. To me, it's it's a bigger story to read about than it's really going to be, in my opinion. Um, The Patriots are an average team at best. Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming off a Super Bowl win, looking to repeat. Uh, I, I think they beat the Patriots fairly easily. I don't expect this game to be really that close. Uh, I mean, again, it's a cool story for a minute that Tom Brady's back in New England, but as soon as that game starts, it's it's game mode. I mean, they're going to be scoring points. They're going to be making life difficult for Mac Jones. It's just another game. Uh, again, I don't know. I'm not really that excited for it. Most Sunday night football games so far have been really good and I've been excited for this one. Not so much. 
I really don't intend on watching any of the pregame shit for this game because I don't want to just keep hearing about Tom Brady's return to New England all fucking day. It's only Wednesday, and I'm already kind of sick of it. So, I mean, you guys know me from talking about it a million times before. I'm not the biggest Tom Brady fan. He doesn't do it for me. I get it. He's got the Super Bowl rings and shit. He's played for 25 years. But I've just seen other quarterbacks that really wow me more than Tom Brady. And again, I know a lot of people, it's easy for them to just say, to only look at championships. And that's fine. You're entitled to use that as a defense if you really want to. I look at other things. And for me, he has the rings. But Tom Brady's not the best quarterback I've ever seen play football. So I'm not that excited about the storyline. I really don't care. I think he cheated to get many wins in New England. A lot of a lot of his legacy is built on a bed of lies and things that have been discovered. So for me, it doesn't do it for me. I could really give a fuck less. I'll probably turn this game on at like 8.30, assuming that they had already run a couple plays and I don't have to deal with all the intro bullshit of them showing Tom and Bill at midfield before the game talking. Like, who gives a fuck? I mean, honestly, not me. Uh, with that being said, give me Tampa Bay. Not a fan of uh, Tom Brady. I, I guess I didn't realize that before. No, I never have been. Again, it's... the tuck rule started the legacy. Then they got caught with Spygate. Then they got caught with Deflategate. Uh, just so many fucking things that they just keep getting caught with that they the NFL really doesn't do anything about. And to me, it's one of those things of like, you won't put uh, Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame because of the steroid allegations. You won't or people try to shit on LeBron for his championships and say, oh, well, he only got this one because he went to Miami and he only got this one because they were in the bubble. And like people try to shit on everything he's done. But the ones with Tom Brady, the the things you can throw against them are legitimate. The Raiders should have won that game in the tuck roll game. The They should have been penalized extremely more, way more by the NFL for Deflategate and for Spygate and all the other shit they've been busted doing. So to me, it's just, I don't know. I think there's a lot of issues and a lot of reasons to make me look at him and just be like, yeah, I'm not that impressed. You, you have your rings, but they, they all come with asterisks, in my opinion. <clears throat> I, I respect that. I, just, I guess I wasn't, for some reason, I just didn't think you'd have that much of an opinion against Tom Brady, but it's more so because Christ. He, gets, he gets the credit for everything, even though he doesn't really deserve it that much. Like, even last year, to win that Super Bowl, Tampa Bay's defense played on another level. They looked like the greatest defense of all time, arguably. And Tom Brady in the playoffs, especially, I mean, he, he threw some touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Don't get me wrong. That game wasn't even close. But he threw some key interceptions against the Packers. They could have easily lost that game. He struggled right. against Washington uh, the first round of the playoffs. Tyler Henneke made that a close-ass game. Uh, so, for me, his defense really bailed him out. And I get it. It's a team sport. So, I'm not knocking. I, I'm not going to say, like, Tom Brady has to do everything to win the game, but I just think he was carried and then they win the Super Bowl and everyone, all they talk about is how amazing Tom Brady is. And it's this and that Tom Brady. And it's like, I don't know. I'd give way more credit to the defense. The defense is the sole reason they won the Super Bowl last year. And yet Tom Brady gets all the credit. And for me, I don't know. That just doesn't sit right for me in a team sport. (laughs) I think you should, you should recognize the people on the team that really had the most impact. And that was the defense more than it was Tom Brady for me. I respect it. My my Jesus Christ was the fact that Andrew Miller just gave up another home run to uh, to Milwaukee here. So it's now four to nothing in the top of the seventh. Um, so you're the, you're my the curse. Is, you brought you brought Cleveland to St. Louis. Yes, I brought Cleveland to St. Louis. I love it. 
so yeah, so I mean, Tampa Bay is my pick here. I don't think it's going to be a close game at all. I, I do think it's uh, I do think it's funny how it's built up against Bill versus Brady. It's it's weird. I mean, does does Bill know how to game plan against Brady? I I doubt it, but um, who knows? Maybe. Um, but we'll see. But I think uh, I think the Buccaneers take this one pretty handily. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be one of those things where Belichick already came out and said that Tom Brady's running the same offense he's always run. Uh, I don't think he meant it in a like a, a way to talk shit. I think he just was saying that, like, you know, Tom Brady is doing what Tom Brady does, and that's the offense he runs is the offense he runs. So it will be interesting to see. I mean, I, I with the weapons they have, Antonio Brown is off the COVID list now. I think he's going to be able to play. Uh, I just think there's a little too much for, for the, the Patriots to stop. The Patriots are an average to below average team. They, they're they not a real contender. It's not like, you know, Bill Belichick now has Aaron Rodgers and some elite defense and he's going against Tom Brady in elite defense. That'd be a really cool story, way better. Instead, it's rookie Mac Jones, who I personally don't think is that good. And it is an okay New England team going up against a, a Super Bowl contender. So... Yeah, Tampa Bay was the pretty easy pick here. And then we end we wrap up here Monday night football. The undefeated Las Vegas Raiders go to the 2 and 1 surprise surprise Los Angeles Chargers. This was a tough one. I uh I went with the hometown team, the Chargers. I think the Raiders have looked good. I think they 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 played really well against the the Ravens. But part of me looks at that and looks at all the issues the Ravens are trying to overcome, and it makes me think that the Ravens just or the Raiders just kind of took advantage of a of a hurt team, uh, a team still trying to figure out their identity. Then week two, the Raiders go to Pittsburgh. Looks like a great win on paper, but then now you see Pittsburgh after week three against Cincinnati, and you go, "Oh no, I think Pittsburgh just sucks ass." So that kind of takes away from the win for the Raiders. And then week three. The Raiders, you think they're going to blow out, the again, the Jacoby Brissett-led Miami Dolphins. They struggle. It goes to overtime. They barely win by three. So, to me, it kind of shows you that the Ra- Ra- excuse me, the Raiders, I keep wanting to say the Ravens, the Raiders are one of those teams that's right on the cusp of pretender contender. I think they're going to show they're a pretender this week. And I'm going with the home team, Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, I just I, I like them better. I think they're a more polished football team overall. I don't think that win against Kansas City is going to make their heads too big. I think they are, again, they're a team that's on the up and coming, and they're going to show it this week, and I think they're going to snap that 3-0 win streak for the Raiders. Hey, yeah, this was a tough game to pick. I agree. I like both these teams. I think they're both going to do pretty this well one, this year. This one could be a really good one to watch. Like, this could come down to the last yeah. minute, like, you know, a lot of these games do. And this could be a really fun one to stay up for and watch. Well, I mean, I mean, uh, Las Vegas has been in two overtime games this year so far, haven't they? Yep. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, I love – I, I, Oh, God. I, say, I love the Raiders' defense. I, I think that they're, they have a legit defense. Um, but I, I agree with you. I'm taking the Chargers. I think it's going to be a very close game. Um, if I mispick this one, so be it. But I, I think that uh, the Chargers are going to have just enough to surpass that defense. But – I don't think the Raiders are going to make it easy on Herbert. I think it's going to be a very challenging game for him. But, yeah, give me the Chargers, um, but in a very close game. Yeah, for me, I just think uh, the Raiders' defense to me, I mean, obviously you have Max Crosby, who's who's good. Other than that, for me personally, I think everybody else can kind of be game-planned around. If you just put a double team on Max Crosby, 
Uh, the Chargers, I think, can block him a little bit better than the Ravens could have week one. And I just don't think they're going to have an answer for the, the high-powered offense of the Chargers. I don't think it'll be a blowout by any stretch. But, I mean, you have Mike Williams, you have Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. Uh, you got some pretty good players for Herbert to throw to. I don't think the Raiders are going to be able to, be able to answer most of them. And uh, in terms of the Ravens, Raiders' offense, really the main thing is going to be they have to shut down Darren Waller. That's clearly the number one target in, in Las Vegas and Derek Carr's favorite person to throw to. So if you can find a way to kind of slow down Darren Waller like the, the Dolphins did in week three, I think that's going to give you your best chance. And I think they'll be able to find a way. So, yeah, I'm with you. Give me the Chargers. I can't wait to watch that game, though. I'm definitely going to stay up to watch that. I agree. Yeah, some very good games this Sunday. I really can't wait to watch. It's going to be a good week of football. I uh, I plan on staying home and doing jack shit for it. I look forward to it. All right, with that being said, that's going to do it for this week's Talking About Balls Stereo Edition. Again, I will have this stuff, this episode uploaded to uh, iTunes. So much for not, our, uh, not, not a two-hour episode. <laughs> I know, right? What are you gonna do when 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 things are going well? You just keep doing. I love I love the layout of our our, our conversations. It goes smoothly, so I agree. Good episode. Yeah, it feels <laughs> like we're feels like you're sitting talking at a bar. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's gonna do it. I got nothing else. How about you? Nope, that's it. I'm gonna go and uh, enjoy my hotel and watch this team lose. So we'll see what happens. Sounds good, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Later. <laughs>